Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Faithless with Lisette Diaz, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here is your host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our second episode of Faithless. Thank you so much for listening today, and I'm so glad that you're with us. I chose to title this episode, Be a Man. And honestly, what does that even mean? We're going to be talking about that in just a few minutes. I just wanted to give you a little recap first on what we spoke about in our first episode, which was our previous one. We went over what faith is, and in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, we learned that to have faith is to be sure of the things that we hope for, to be certain of the things that we cannot see. So faith in God is knowing that his promises are going to come true. And in order for us to understand what God's promises are all about, or to even remotely understand his purpose or his intention for these promises, we really have to view them in the original form we were created. Now, that sounds a little confusing. So, in other words, we're never going to understand God's will completely. We don't hold all the cards in our hands. We see the world from our perspective and based on our own life experiences. And because of this, when something happens that challenges our faith in God, we kind of have to strip ourselves to the core and and get to that purpose for which we were created. Now, God made each of us with a specific purpose in mind. We each have something to give, some part to play in this world, and that role we each have is something that is meant to bring others to God. And not just to God himself, but ultimately to his salvation. And in the first letter to Timothy from Paul, in chapter 2, verses 3 to 4, we read that this is good and pleasing to God our Savior, who wills everyone to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. So this confirms that God's will for us is to be saved and to know the truth. But because we have this free will... We've, we can choose to fulfill our calling in this mission or not. So from our creation, God gave us the tools that we needed to begin that mission. And through the sacraments of initiation, we're continually given these upgrades, I guess you could say. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you know, we get those during confirmation. They continually provide this wisdom, understanding, knowledge, fortitude, etc. And these are the tools God gives us. But it's ultimately our choice to live our lives in ways that will bring others to him. Not to say that's not without consequences, but it is still our choice. So in this living our life routine that we've grown up with, there's a lot of preconceived notions about what men and women should be doing with their lives. What kind of things we should say, what we should do, how we should act. But this is the world we live in. God meant for us to be one way so that we could fulfill his purpose, but the world has taken us in a totally different direction, and for men, whether we realize it or not, we have a lot of these preconceived notions about what a real man should be like. Now, ladies, bear with me. This episode will focus on men, but we're going to have an episode soon that focuses on womanhood as well later on in the future, Um, but I feel that it's important for us to know what to look for in a man as well, like what qualities are actually worth seeking in a life partner or even in a friend. So um, today on our show, we have a very special guest. 
Rafael Negron, to talk about the preconceived notions of manhood that we witness every day. And Rafael is this crazy person that I'm married to. No, I'm just kidding. He's awesome. <laughs> so, hi. How are you? I'm good. Uh, thanks for being on the show with me today. Um, make your wife a very happy lady. So, um, I mean, I know you pretty well, at least I hope so, because we're married. You know, that'd be a good thing to know. But for everyone listening, could you tell us a little about yourself, like your call to ministry, your faith journey? Well, like you said, my name is Rafael Negron. I am the husband of this lovely lady sitting next to me. Um, I did grow up Catholic. Uh, I wouldn't consider myself a practicing Catholic growing up. Uh, I did go to church on Sundays. I received my sacraments, but it really wasn't a big deal to me. Um, uh, the only reason I went through the sacraments was because my parents made me. I grew up as an athlete as well, so I was a cool kid in school. You know, I played baseball in college. So my faith really wasn't existent, so you could say. Um, I didn't really get into my faith until the last semester of my senior year in high school where I got involved in the youth group at my local church. is, And eventually that's where I met my wife, although we didn't really get along back then. <laughs> you could say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, God really took control of my life from there as I've been involved in ministry ever since. Awesome. Thank you so much. So we've been talking about these preconceived notions of manhood. So in your experience as a man and, you know, in your research and in your ministry, because we know that you're involved in men's ministry, um, what are some of these preconceived notions of manhood? Manhood, yes. Welcome to it. You know, that's what they tell you, or where you do what you want, when you want, and disregard those around you because you're a man. You know, you, you want something, you go get it. And if you don't want it, you go throw it away. Uh, the world has to understand you because you are the man. You have no authority figure, so in your life, you just dictate what others do, really. Yeah, not so much. This may have been the case 60 years ago, but times have greatly changed, and I think it's for the better. It's hard to be a man of God in today's world where there are so many things that can jeopardize your manhood. For instance, the Internet is a wonderful tool if used properly, but it is easily used for the wrong reasons. I can't really remember where I saw the statistic from, but... It was something along the lines of 50% of all men are having or are still dealing with a pornography addiction, which means, in simple terms, degrading women and viewing them as a sexual object and not as a woman of God. Another issue that we come across on a daily basis is the workaholic father. You know, he's great for providing for the family financially, but what about the bond between father and child, you know, husband and wife? Society tells you that you have to work in order to advance in your life, but it's not always the case. Men are not being husbands and fathers because they base their lives around their work. And, you know, what's the sense of having a home if you are never there? You know, the type of man you surround yourself with is also important. If you're wanting to go live a Christ-like life, then why surround yourself with men who all they want to do is talk about the hot chick at Dunkin' Donuts? Eventually, you'll give in to the temptation, and the thoughts of attractive women you see throughout your day will gradually increase into actions. So I, you know, stop while you can. And so in contrast, to what, is, what is it that men are called to be? If this is not what a man is, then what is the role of a man? For me, through the ministries that I've been in and some of the retreats I've gone to and, you know, nice books I've read, men are called to be leaders, 
protectors and providers. Now, saying that, it sounds real macho, you know, it's, but it's a real core of manhood. You know, men by nature are leaders, and they protect and they provide. At least they should be. But in a world where the masculinity is being taken away from society, where do the men fit in? You know, in my opinion, right smack dab in the middle. Men need to continue to be good Christ-like role models. You know, being a leader does not mean being a dictator. It means sacrificing for the greater good, putting your needs last, being stern, yet have a humble heart. You know, characteristics of a man that maybe our grandfather saw as being too girly or what makes a true man of God. Holding true to your values, yet understanding that everyone is different. You know, in those values, you must protect not only your family and those you love, but yourself as well. You know, as a man, don't put yourself in a place where you are likely to encounter temptation. Now, I'm not saying you can't go out with your buddies and go get a beer, but does it have to be at a strip club? Can it be at the local Applebee's where you get that two-for-one special? So if you can't protect yourself, what makes you think you'll be able to protect your spouse or your kids from harm? Providing for your family is different these days as well, as women have a better education and better paying jobs. So what is a man to do when he may no longer be the breadwinner in his home? You know, expect his wife to go out and work and still come home and do what we used to call the woman duties, you know. It's not hard, guys, to pick up a dish and scrub it with soap. Put them in the dishwasher. You know, laundry is also color-coordinated. If you want a real good role model, you look no further than St. Joseph, the man God picked to raise his son Jesus. Joseph was, if you really think about it, the least important person in his family, yet he was the head of the household. Jesus is obviously the most important, as he is the Son of God, followed by Mary, who is well, full of grace. And then there's Joseph. You know, he's hardly mentioned in the Bible, but is regarded as a great and just man. Why, do you ask? In his silence, we can learn so much of what a man is supposed to be. In the fact that he is barely mentioned, we understand that he was a humble man and did not seek attention. When mentioned about wanting to divorce Mary, he wanted to do so in secrecy to not bring any shame to Mary. In this act, you could presume that he was a man of prayer as he did not seek counsel of another man, but merely waited for an answer from God, which he eventually did receive. Another quality of Joseph would be his obedience to God. This correlates to having a prayerful life, as one who does not pray may think God is talking to them and go off and do what they want. Guys, think about this. Joseph sacrificed his right to his personal offspring by being obedient to God. This is a tough pill to swallow for most men, especially if they're married. You mean to tell me you can't have sex with your wife? This is absurd. But this is what Joseph did as he was obedient to God's plan. Yeah, that has to be tough. And in our, in our day and age, that's, that's what manhood is very much measured by, you know. How many kids you got and, and how manly can you be in that sense. So for men who are having trouble changing and are in this transitionary period, what suggestions would you give them on this journey? Do you have any special advice? Um... 
You know, we've all heard that if you have a problem, you have to recognize that it is a problem in order to fix it. This statement cannot be any more straightforward. As a man, you have to recognize that you have a problem in order to fix it. But some don't even realize they have a problem to begin with. Men, for the most part, are selective listeners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't really listen to understand, but listen to respond. You know, and I'm guilty of this as well, and I'm sure my wife can attest to that. <laughs> but when you have people that you trust telling you something is usually wrong, sit down and listen. You know, to the guys listening, Proverbs 27, verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so too does one man sharpen another. Take initiative towards your fellow brothers. We must help each other out. You know, one man cannot conquer change by himself. He needs a band of brothers who are willing to take the journey with him, but only if he is ready. As the fast-paced world we live in consumes us in our daily lives, we don't have time to pray. Oh no, a man's got to take time out of his day to go pray? You got to be kidding, right? No, pray. John 15 verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, then you will ask for anything you wish and you shall have it. Think about that. A man of prayer asks God and he shall receive. Mm-hmm. Brothers, there is no greater man who places himself before God. Visit Jesus in adoration. You cannot know someone if you do not spend time with them. Simply sitting in silence and having God listen to your heart is a conversation worth having. And I know this does not seem very manly, but if you know the story of St. Joseph, then you know in his silence he did not divorce Mary, who was with child, as the angel of God told Joseph that it was through the Holy Spirit that the child was conceived. And since I mentioned Mary, the rosary. Oh my, that's such a boring prayer. Yeah, who has time to pray the rosary? I mean, who wants to pray a prayer that is a weapon against the devil and his temptations to sin every day? I mean, that sounds ridiculous, right? But it's a weapon to utilize, fellas. Pray the rosary. I mean, I love my mom. I know most men love their mom. So why not love the mom who brought in our Savior? I like to mention retreats as well. You know, I've been on a couple myself, and I'm very skeptical of retreats because, quite frankly, most of them are geared towards women and are not masculine enough for what a man might need. There's a retreat that I have been to twice now. It's called Into the Wild, and it's done by the Kingsmen. You can look them up online at thekingsmen.org. And I'll explain a little bit about the retreat later, but it's an experience that changed me the first time I went. And you want to talk about a manly retreat, this is it. Awesome. And I remember when you came back from these retreats, too, that you were very different. It was, it was almost like it was a, a change in your entire character because of what you experienced there. So I'm glad you're going to talk about that a little later. But um, wanna, I wanted to go into all this work that they're doing. You know, they're going to retreats, they're praying the rosary. And for men, that seems like a lot. But... There's a lot of benefits from this. And so what, what benefits do you think would come from putting all these things 
into action. So what are what are the fruits of this labor? What are you going to expect? What blessings are you going to expect from this? And of course, you know, there's going to be challenges that come up while you're while you're in this journey. So what are benefits and challenges that that they could experience? Personally, I think the uh, benefits are pretty straightforward. You know, if if you do find a group of guys that share the same morals and values, then it's like brothers, you know. It's like a group of brothers that are just extremely tight. You know, they want to bring out the best of you, but they also make fun of you when you say something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, the benefit of having a group like this is... You know, you're able to talk about things and problems, and you're accountable for one another. Uh, you know, in, and in case of like an addiction or just not even keeping your emotions and feelings to yourself, you know, it's important to to let these things out. You know, for a man, you know, you some most of us think, oh, that's just for women. Oh, men need to vent. They need to let go of the thoughts in their minds, and you know, what greater way of doing it? with other men that share your same beliefs. We have to be disciplined enough though too, as you know, when we go out with our with our fellas, you know, it, it doesn't take control of our lives. We can never go wrong with prayer either, as I mentioned before, you know, and prayer is very powerful and yet it's taken for granted. You know, I, I struggle with this every day too, of, of trying to pray something every day you know whether it's a daily prayer you know going to adoration praying the rosary uh, a devotion or whatever a prayer life is an important aspect of a godly man as i mentioned before about taking the example of saint joseph we must pray in silence take a couple minutes of your day and just sit in silence and just say god what am i supposed to do you know help me figure this out um, you know, thank you for the blessings that I have received. Uh, praying can bring you peace in a world where there's so much chaos. You know, taking the time to pray during your day is an important, even for a few minutes, schedule a time for prayer. Five minutes, guys, five minutes. It's, it'll change your life. It really will. And circling back to that retreat I mentioned before, um, Into the Wild, it's an all-men's weekend retreat that really focuses on the aspects about a man being a leader, protector, and provider. You know, uh, you stay out in a cabin for three days in the woods, and there's no cell phones, or they tell you not to use your cell phones. That's kind of hard when you got a family, you know, in case of an emergency. They understand mm-hmm. that, but the whole point is for you to be out there and, and really get in touch with God, where there's a bond that's shared between men unlike I have ever experienced. And during the retreat, You'll meet men who were never fathers, but always wanted a son, and sons that never had a father, make close bonds, and you know they stay in communication with each other. And you know, complete strangers in three days, it was like a band of brothers. You know, we, we go out to bonfires every night where you meet up to talk, but most times, you sit there in silence, and you you look at the face of another man, who's really thinking about changing their life. And the only thing you can really do is sit back and think about yours. No words are spoken, yet you know change is happening. That's God's work right there. By praying and, you know, making the effort to really change your life, you will hit a wall 
you will face challenges. You know, this journey is not easy. You will face many obstacles. The devil is real and he is looking to grow his army. And men, you will face those challenges when you least expect them. Some will be very easy to avoid, and yet some you will have no idea the temptation that you're in until you are engulfed in it. Be mindful of what you expose yourself to while you're on Facebook, Instagram, any other social media outlet, who you follow on these media outlets, how much time you spend there, how much time you spend and how much money you spend on your hobbies. There's nothing wrong with having hobbies, fellas, but... You can't go out golfing every weekend. You can't have 12 fantasy football teams. Be mindful of what your priorities are in life because that takes away from your manhood because you're not living up to the responsibility that you have. Take notice which of the guys around work you hang out with. You know, if you want to keep living a Christ-like life, don't fall into the trap of, you know, I'm just with the guys. Because that will only get you into problems. Keep in mind that if you're a father or a husband, your ministry is that of a father and or husband. The church you must teach and take care of first is the domestic church, not the community church. Your wife, then your children. As hard as you might think that is. Your wife first, then your children. Because when you took that vow as a husband, you too became one flesh with God. Therefore, the person you will be spending the rest of your life with is your spouse, not your children. They will leave. At least they should. <laughs> For a man who loves his wife will in turn be loved by his children because he loves their mother. Fellas, be strong in your faith as you are a leader, protector, and provider. Awesome. Yeah, and, and you mentioned that, that whole, um, you know, don't play golf every week, every weekend, and don't have 12 fantasy football teams. And <laughs> 12 fantasy football teams. I don't um, have 12 fantasy football teams. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> so, um, and you know, and, and you're right. It's it's okay to have that hobby. And, and if you don't have a family, and that's a way that you can reach out to other guys is, you know, and, and minister to other men in the golf course because you have your friends in the golf course, that's totally fine. Exactly. But when you are neglecting something at home, that's when the problems and the divisions start. So if you're, you're, you can go out and you, you do your thing, but if, if you're leaving something behind that is your primary mission, that's where, that's where the problems come in. So you mentioned at the beginning a few ministries or resources that you have read, that you have really looked into. So what are those resources that that anyone listening could really take a look and, and get them on a head start on this journey. Yeah, those, those resources. But I, want, I just want to touch on what you said there. For, for a man who doesn't necessarily have a family, you know, he's a single man and he works, be mindful of what you do as other men are watching. Because some men envy the fact that they can no longer go out and play golf every weekend. Mm-hmm. But it's how you carry yourself while you are out with men that are married or with men that are fathers who might be divorced, how you carry yourself in the Christ image is very important, not only for your salvation, but for the salvation of others. Because as a Christian man, you have that responsibility to be that outlet, that 
little bit of Jesus that that man might be missing. Mm -hmm. So your responsibility in life is completely different than maybe raising a family or a child. But you are a undercover role model, if you want to think about it that way, to other men. Those resources, you know, I'm not a big reader, as you know, my wife can attest that I'm not a big reader. <laughs> but there are a couple of books that I have read that once I picked up, I really could not put down. And they're very, very powerful, and they challenge your manhood in a way where I was like, wow, that's, this is crazy. I've never thought about this before, you know, and these books. Uh, one is called Joseph's Way, The Call to Fatherly Greatness by, I can't pronounce the guy's last name, Devin Shat, I think. Shat. S-C-H-A-D-T. Yeah, you, you can find this book online, probably at Amazon if you type it in, but they have a website, fathersofstjoseph.org. Another book I've read is called Man to Man, Dad to Dad. Uh, the main author here is Brian Caulfield. It's a really good book. You know, you don't have to read it start to finish. You can kind of look at the table of contents and kind of pick and choose. Another book that I didn't necessarily use or kind of refer to here, but is an awesome book I read that really challenges your role as a leader. is called The Servant by James C. Hunter. And for information on the retreat that I went to, you can visit thekingsmen.org. That's all together, The Kingsmen. And I'm not talking about the movie. This is You look it up on Google, and it should come up. I looked that up the other day. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate you um, going through all that. Something that is, is so important. And those, those resources, one more time, so that you can look over them. Um, if you didn't get a chance to write them down, it was Joseph's Way, The Call to Fatherly Greatness by Devin Shatt, and the last name is spelled S-C-H-A-D-T, um, and you can find that at fathersofstjoseph.org, Man to Man, Dad to Dad by Brian Caulfield, and The Servant by James C. Hunter, and then the retreats would be on thekingsmen.org. And now that we've been given an inside view of what a man of God should aim to become, we can really start to differentiate what we see in our daily life versus what we should be seeing. And what we see in our daily lives doesn't always inspire us to have a lot of faith. We see a lot of negative images about men, and we've come to think that that's okay. But now it's our responsibility, yes, even the women, to create an environment around these men to be able to practice these things to allow them the ability to grow in these subjects. Like my husband said, as iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. And it's not a journey that needs to be made alone. You know, we need to help them out on this. So as we close off our session for the day, Ray, would you mind leading us in the closing prayer? Sure, definitely. Awesome. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, Son and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we humble ourselves in your presence. And we seek that you give us the ability to persevere in this journey. We are making to become the best version of ourselves that we can be. There are so many trials, temptations, and things that threaten our relationship with you. We ask that you grant us the gifts of your Holy Spirit to combat these threats. Allow us to have the discipline to aim to be better men and women so that we may lead others to you with our example. We ask for the intercession of St. Michael the Archangel 
and St. Joseph to defend us in this battle and guide us in our journey. Amen. Amen. And once again, thank you for joining us on Faithless. And thank you to my husband, Rafael Negro, for being with us today on the show. Thank you. I'm looking forward to our episode next week. But until then, may God bless you and keep you always. Amen. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Faithless with Lisette Diaz. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.